I was always a very curious child, as my parents could probably tell you. What piqued my curiosity the most as a child was the large patch of forest just beyond the boundaries of my backyard. When I was eight years old, strange howling sounds would come from that patch of forest every night for around three months. My father never spoke about the sounds, instead ignoring them. My mother would only say that he wasn't allowed due to his being Native American. As you might guess, this always confused me. As I said, the sounds lasted for around three months and ended shortly after a medicine man from my father's tribe paid a visit and went into the forest with him. I'm not sure if it was a skinwalker or a wendigo, but I am certain it was one of those two. So for the most part, I'm sure it's a wendigo after looking around online for evidence and other stories to figure it out, but I'm not sure at the same time. There were two occurrences a few days apart. The first happened at night, maybe around 7, when my mom told me to take the trash out, so I did, and in Arizona during the summer, it's still hot at night like it is during the day. I walked outside and threw the trash in since, well, I had to and it was normal outside. Then all of a sudden the atmosphere turned cold and it smelt like a decaying animal or body was there in front of me. It was dark out and I couldn't see anything. I felt the cold air from my breath and, not too much longer, I did hear footsteps and went inside because I was shit in bricks bruh. I went out there the next day to check if there were prints and there was nothing, so it was strange. The second occurrence was when me and my dad were on the back porch talking and that same atmosphere came over both of us. Me and my dad went inside. My dad also believed it was something unnatural, and ever since then I have heard footsteps outside here and there, but I haven't had that same experience since. My brother was killed by a skinwalker. It happened when we were kids, many years ago. We were out camping in the Appalachian Mountains with our dad when it happened. The first night, nothing happened. The second night is when things started getting weird. That is, we started hearing noises coming from the forest. It kept my dad up all night. The following day, we were hiking through to a cave we liked to visit. We started hearing mom calling to us from the bush. My dad and I were instantly suspicious. Mom hated the forest and would never come with us on our many camping trips. Mom was only addressing my younger brother. That is what set me on edge. Why only call my brother and not me and my dad? Unfortunately, we'd find out. My brother was only nine and was very excitable. As soon as he heard mom calling him, he ran into the forest before my dad or I could stop him. It was like we were frozen in place. When we were finally able to move, we ran in the direction of my brother. After about five minutes, we encountered the most horrifying sight of my life. The first thing I saw was the misshapen deer. It was standing on its hind legs and had these long arms that came to its knees. The mouth was full of sharp teeth dripping red with blood. And at the feet of this monster was my brother, lying dead and half-eaten. My dad used his rifle to fire a few shots at this monster, scaring it off, but it was already too late. My brother had his entire stomach torn to pieces and there was nothing we could do for him. 
I only found out later that the monster I saw was a skinwalker and that they are supposed to be evil spirits or something like that. I don't know a lot about them and I don't want to either. I don't want to remember what happened to my brother. I no longer camp in those mountains anymore. I had a nightmare that turned into a sleep paralysis episode a few months ago, back in March or early April, that involved a Wendigo. In the dream, there were both me and my best friend in military gear with guns. Both me and her were nervous in the dream. We were in a cold, dark, snowy field in the middle of the night. Clouds had the moon halfway covered, and the tree line was hard to see. There was a nearly ruined wooden fence surrounding this entire field, or at least where me and she were. We came across a cow in the middle of the field that was wounded and bleeding, with some of its innards hanging out. While me and her were getting closer to check on the cow and or put it out of its misery, something started crawling out of the darkness behind the cow until what was revealed ended up being a wendigo, pale, skinny once human, bloody claws, naked, and bloody sharp teeth with a hungry grin on its face like it was instinctively about to eat us. The creature then lunges at both of us while my best friend screams. Then I woke up still partially hearing her scream, which was fading away while I couldn't move and could barely breath as the Wendigo was now standing upright in my partially dark dorm by my door in front of me while being partially illuminated by my lamp's light, which was situated behind me. The Wendigo started walking towards me with the same grin, but then I finally snapped out of it with my heart pounding, me sweating, finally breathing properly, and not a Wendigo in sight. I then proceeded to drink some pop and stayed up playing video games for the rest of the night. I think I had an encounter with a skinwalker. When I was about 12 and my sister was 8, I'm 18 now, we went camping with our parents and close family friends in Northern California. One night, the sun was just setting, and my sister and I begged our parents to let us climb up a short hiking path to the top of a foresty hill. It was not visible from our camping site but close enough that our parents said yes. The trail was steep and surrounded by huge trees. About halfway up the trail, I remember getting the worst feeling I've felt in my life. It felt like something was following me and my blood ran cold. I've never wanted to leave somewhere faster, but since I promised my sister we would go to the top, I didn't say anything. As we claimed the hill, the feeling got so bad that I felt sick to my stomach. It was like something was right behind me. Right then, my sister slowly turned to me and said something along the lines of we need to get out of here out of the blue. I had not said a word to her about how I was feeling and her saying that scared me. We ran back down that trail and into our campsite so fast and thankfully escaped whatever was in those woods. We both talked about it after and felt the exact same horrible fear, but didn't want to ruin the walk for each other. Still, to this day, we can't forget that. Now I am wondering, what was that? I had suspected maybe a mountain lion but the overwhelming sensation I felt of danger doesn't add up to that. I love reading about cryptids, and I'm thinking maybe it was a skinwalker. If anyone has answers or has felt something similar, I would love to know.
The time I saw a Wendigo outside my house. This happened a year ago. I still haven't told many people about it because it still shakes me to my core. I was home with my dad. We live on the outside of town near miles of deep, dark forests. It was around 11 p.m. My dad had gone to bed, but I sat out in the living room watching a movie and pigging out on some food. I got up and walked down to the restroom. While walking down the hallway, I noticed that outside was really quiet where there were no coyotes howling and our cows weren't mooing. I thought it was strange but quickly just forgot. I did my business in the restroom and while I was washing my hands, I looked out the window to my right. It was about 7 to 8 feet off the ground. I saw what I thought was a face. It looked pale and like it had half of its face just gone or rotting. Of course, I thought it was just my eyes playing tricks on me, but then the motion sensor light turned on and I saw it in all of its ugly and scary glory. I looked at it while it looked at me. I stood there staring at it. I stood like that for so long, it could have been minutes or an hour. Just as I thought it couldn't get worse, the thing moved and took off running into the woods. I stood there for a while longer before I moved again. I ran and told my dad he didn't think much of it, but he got up and went outside to check, and I went and grabbed a shotgun. Luckily, the thing was gone. I haven't seen it since, but one thing is for sure, I will never stay home alone or stay up late ever again. My aunt last night shared a terrifying story when we discussed skinwalkers and similar creatures. She said she was out in the pitch black forest camping, went out to go pee, then suddenly heard the sound of a dog howling in the distance. It felt creepier than usual, then the howl became super demonic slash distorted sounding. She said she could hear it in front of her, on the side of her ears, behind her, above her, all at once echoing like the voice was circling her and she could feel it in her soul. This is when she realized this was not an animal. She then threw a beer can out into the distance into the darkness, and a second later, the beer can was thrown directly back at her. She was praying a lot and was super scared until it suddenly stopped after she yelled out rebuking it. I'm not sure what exactly this was she encountered, but the story creeps me out. She felt it to be an evil spirit imitating something to psychologically break her down. They say a lot of bad, creepy stuff happens in the forests of Alaska, which is where we live, and she even found another guy who had a very similar experience with seeing a tall, standing, upright wolf-like figure in the same camping location. There are more missing people than anywhere else in the world as well. No animals even hang out in the forests in the location she camped at. Weirdly, so that shows something in multiple people that have witnessed a paranormal wolf-like creature. I just thought I'd share what she told me. The White Bluff Screamer My friends and I are paranormal investigators, so we decided to go to the Westmoreland Fire Station, which is close to White Bluff, Tennessee. We've heard stories about a crypt that lives out there, and the stuff we've heard is honestly terrifying. We got there in the middle of the afternoon. Not a bird was chirping, and the wind wasn't even moving. Those are two warning signs. We took two cars. I was in a car with my buddy. We'll call him Dave for the sake of the story. 
His friends brought the other car. I'll call them John and Mark. After we got there, John and Mark got out of the car. They wandered off for a bit and then we saw John and Mark running back to the car. Mark being Mark is a bit of a hefty fella, he ran and jumped through the car window, which was rolled down. Both me and Dave saw something running through, running through the tree line very quickly. We couldn't tell what it was. That is when John and Mark decided to do something stupid like speed out there as fast as they could. You see both me and Dave. We've all heard the stories. Hunts by seeing motion, it lures its prey by mimicking voices, it runs at high speeds, and whenever it's around it has a smell of death. It has been depicted as humanoid and pale. All of these depictions point towards the Wendigo. So Dave turns off his car and we sit there until nightfall, when we turn on the car and slowly drive away. When we got back with our friends, they showed us the back tires. It looks like claws went through them now. I told Mark and John, we discussed what it could be. Why were you guys stupid enough to run? Either you guys were stupid enough to slash your own tires and waste money, or the white bluff screamer scratched your tires. The only thing they could reply was this, we heard voices coming from the tree line. They sounded familiar but impossible. We realized what it was and that's when we decided to run. It is highly possible that there is a Wendigo out at White Bluff, Tennessee and the Westmoreland Fire Station due to the fact that one of the ways a Wendigo is created is extreme cold and consumption of human flesh. It is highly possible that when settlers were were selling Tennessee during the cold winters, someone might have gotten desperate and consumed human flesh, therefore creating a monster that lives in White Bluff, Tennessee close to the Westmoreland Fire Station which will forever be known as the White Bluff Screamer. There are different theories on what the White Bluff Screamer could be. A lot of people believe it's a Wendigo. Some even say it's a Banshee, but I have no doubt in my mind that it is a Wendigo. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ego. Just to let you guys know ahead of time, my husband and I have heard beckoning calls from skinwalkers out in rural Kentucky. There was an instance where my husband came across one at an abandoned home while walking pretty far down the tracks. He had heard me call for him outside in the middle of the night when I was dead asleep in the room, same area as the tracks. We have heard a scream for help on a particular part of an old highway in KY. 
The first time was six years ago when I was walking down the highway at midnight to get to someone's house. About eight months ago, we went down that highway by foot again around 2 a.m., and we heard the exact same call for help at about the same point. So, yes, we have had experiences with skinwalkers. This particular instance happened the other night. We are currently sleeping out of our car, and we are actually in Colorado now. There's this open area nature reserve we used to sleep in, yes, as in directly on the other side of the fence, that has a business plaza, not shops, just industrial, across from it. This open area has some history to it that I can no longer find. But, from what I read, there was a huge massacre of Arapaho Native Americans, which then became a ranch, and later turned into a park. There's a lot of activity out there that leads me to definitely believe this was a skinwalker gibber. We've seen them out there but never heard of them before. I was still awake, and my husband was sleeping in the back seat. We have a cat too, and he heard this. I was just settling into sleep when I heard what sounded like a bunch of crazy teenagers making some weird whoops and hollers, so I thought. I look at my cat, who is looking outside. I turn around and there's no one in sight. So I thought, mountain lion or bobcat maybe? It hit me all of a sudden. Like a Native American whooping or something. It was nothing like any animal I have ever heard of. I quickly woke up my husband, to which he told me he heard it. He was having trouble sleeping and was having fever dreams. The air felt thick. It was very loud and grew distant. He got up, and in between the cars passing, he saw a tall white figure standing behind the fence. He saw the bright golden green eyes as a car passed, staring directly at us in our car. We had a good scream and felt dreadful chills as we quickly got away from the area. I couldn't stop feeling the chills, realizing that we had just heard a true skinwalker gibber. I wish I had thought to record it, but I was so scared out of my mind and too freaked out, I couldn't think. That field has some chilling history behind it, as mentioned above. I have no doubt that's why they refuse to touch that open area. It's also the only part that has a tall fence all the way around it. Ironically, we went back just to check. We settled there once again and heard it, more distantly, but it never came back. We were thinking as long as we weren't in the field, we would be fine. Edit, I realized this is where I messed up and didn't split my timeline well enough. I mean, two years ago, when we were living on the streets, we voluntarily went out in this field in the middle of the night to sleep. At first we thought it was animals we were seeing and hearing until later we realized it was the skinwalkers, shape-shifting and following us. When we were in the field at night, we saw this woman in a white dress who seemingly disappeared. Nobody in their right mind goes out there, so we knew this wasn't normal. When we slept farther out, we heard something stalking us out in the woods, which we originally thought might have been a mountain lion. We think if it had been, it would have found us, as we were tossing and turning like crazy that night. We later learned that there had been no sightings of mountain lions in the area. That whole field is untouched, and it's terrifying going out there in the middle of the night, like something or someone is watching and following you closely.
I was out camping with two of my buddies who I'd grown up with in a long stretch of forest north of New York. There were so many rumors of an old haunted house where people disappeared or some stuff like that. We would go to the forest all the time to test our mettle, like the dumb kids we were. This one time, we were camping down by the river with a fire going, trying to scare each other. We kept telling each other scary stories until well past midnight. Throughout the night, I felt like I was being watched but dismissed it as nerves. At around 1 in the morning, I got up to go pee before heading to sleep. I am a very private person, so I went into the forest. I couldn't see the light from the fire, but it was far enough away that I couldn't see beyond the bushes. I did my business and was about to head back when I heard my friend say my name to my right. I thought he was just messing with me, so I shouted back for him to get back to the tents. But he kept beckoning me towards him and away from the camp, which I thought was odd. That's when I noticed the deer in the direction of my friend's voice. It took a moment for me to recognize what I was seeing, but when I did, my eyes widened with fear. The deer wasn't a deer. I knew because it was standing on its two legs. I wanted to scream but couldn't. My mouth was wide open but the scream couldn't come out. It was only when the thing, whatever it was, took a step towards me and said, come here, I have something to show you, in the voice of my friend. I ran back to the camp to find neither of my friends where they were supposed to be nor any blood everywhere. I looked around and saw my hunting rifle next to where I was sitting and went for it. That's when I noticed the thing had followed me after it stepped out of the forest and into the light. I fired three shots at the thing. But it didn't do anything. I knew I had hit my mark. I was a pretty good shot. It stepped forward, and I stepped back. I tripped on the log I was sitting on, and as I did, it lunged for me. The next thing I remember, I'm waking up in the hospital with three gashes on my chest. Apparently, my two friends had found me in the woods after I had wandered off. They spent three days looking for me, only to find me back at the camp injured. To this day, none of us know what happened or if it even did. I just wish I could forget it, but it has haunted me ever since. My dad owned a cabin out in the woods in West Virginia, and it was a tradition that he would take me and my brother there hunting every spring. By all accounts, I enjoyed spending time with my dad. He was busy most of the year with business, so these hunting trips were the only real time me and my brother got to spend with him. I was 15 when this happened. We were staying at the cabin for a week. For the first three days, we had a few decent catches, hares and the like, but were finding it difficult to find any deer. This was odd as deer are usually everywhere. At night we were hearing strange noises, like strange animal calls at night or scratches on the door but we just assumed there was some strange animal about. On the fourth night, we didn't hear anything. I was fast asleep when my brother woke me up by screaming, we were sharing a room. I told him to shut up before realizing why he was screaming. There was a strange figure standing over his bed holding an axe. It just stood there saying, it's okay, son. Just go back to sleep, over and over again in my dad's voice. Just then, 
My dad came into the room with his shotgun and shot the creature or whatever it was. He didn't seem to like that and screamed at him with the same scream that woke me up before jumping out of the window. My dad didn't waste time and dragged me and my brother out to the car and drove us the 218 miles back home. He later told me that the thing in our room was a skinwalker. He later sold the cabin, and we haven't been back since. This happened about five years ago, when I was out camping with my girlfriend. We were staying at this campsite that was a popular hotspot for lovestruck teens, but we were lucky enough to have the campsite to ourselves for the most part. We spent the first two days hiking through the woods, something we enjoy doing to this day. At first, we didn't have any problems, and all was well. But the second day was when all the problems started. Our plan was to hike in the morning and then return to the tents for lunch. When we did, we found that our tent had been collapsed and all of our stuff had been thrown all over the place. It was a mess. Normally, I'd assume a bear or something was responsible for the mess, but there aren't any bears in the area, and coyotes tend to stay away from anything to do with people. We spent a few hours cleaning the mess up, with an eerie sensation of being watched hanging over us. That feeling stayed with me all day. Now, the rest of the day ended up being pretty boring, so I won't bore you with the details. But that night ended up being the worst night of my life. I woke up at about 1am to find my girlfriend missing and the tent wide open. I quickly went out to see her and saw the fire burning, but my girlfriend was nowhere to be seen. That's when I started to hear her voice. It was coming from the forest, and she was telling me to come help her. I hesitated. It sounded like her, but something felt off. The voice seemed to drift off and I stood there as growling replaced the once familiar voice. I wanted to run away but I wanted to find out where she went. I knew what I had to do. I had to go after her. I don't remember what happened after I decided to find my girlfriend. I woke up in a mental institute with no memory of what happened, but they informed me that they found her mutilated body not far from the camp. I had been found next to her weeping and crying and muttering something. I get out tomorrow, despite pleas from my family. I can't say I blame them. I have one personal experience from eight years ago. I used to live on the Navajo reservation. The town was called Shiprock. I was living with a girl I met in boarding school, a high school for Native Americans. The night it happened, we had decided to end the relationship, and it was going to be my last night there before I went back to my reservation. She was Navajo from New Mexico and I'm Apache from Arizona. That night, I was in the living room at around 11 p.m. watching TV. My ex, her dad and I were there. Her mom was at the casino that night. I was on the couch flipping through channels when it happened. I heard two ladies outside talking Navajo to each other, so I assumed my ex-girlfriend's mom was home. 20 minutes had passed and she hadn't come inside yet, so I went to my ex's room and asked her if mom needed help. She told me her mom was still at the casino. I told her that's not right because there were a couple of ladies outside talking to each other. I got up, got dressed, turned on the patio light, and went outside. 
The talking stopped and two coyotes ran from underneath the truck. Her dad woke up and told me it was probably skinwalkers. To begin, I live in a small town borderline city on the bay in New Jersey. We have woods bordering the edge of our town and some of our beaches. I live about six blocks away from our beach near the woods leaving town. About two blocks away from the woods leaving town to be exact. Since the beginning of this year, I have been hearing something outside my house. My fiancé and I have our bedroom on the second floor of our house, with our one-year-old son's bedroom connected to ours. My mother-in-law lives with us because she is bedridden, so her room is on the first floor on the other side of our house. I have severe insomnia which keeps me up all night. I won't take meds for it since they make me groggy for days afterwards. At first, the noise sounded like a baby crying. I would immediately get up to check on the baby. This went on for weeks. I would hear the crying at random hours through the night, then my mill would start commenting about how our poor little boy wasn't sleeping through the night. Finally, I wasn't the only one hearing it. It wasn't our neighbors because her daughter is a teen and the rest of our neighbors are elderly. A couple of months ago, I started hearing my name being called. It wasn't a voice I knew, so I immediately checked the camera we have outside. Nothing, but I hear my name a few more times, and finally my fiancé hears it, and he's pissed because who the hell is outside our house calling my name in the middle of the night? He checks the camera and sees nothing, figuring they are just out of range of the cameras. He decides to go outside to make them leave. I follow behind him with a flashlight, curious to see who is stupid enough to try this crap in the middle of the night. No one is there. I shine the flashlight all around the backyard, up and down our driveway, and all I saw was the reflection of something's eyes through the windows of his truck. It's been freaking me out because as of lately I have been hearing the sound of a baby crying and my name being called more and more, not just at night anymore. The last couple of weeks I've been having some scary nightmares where something gets into the baby's room and blocks the door so I can't get in. By the time I finally managed to get the door open, my son's room is torn apart and he's not there. These dreams are so bad that I wake up with a panic attack and have to run to my son's room to make sure he's still there. I really needed to get that off my chest. Any ideas what this could be or is it all in my head? Mind you, I am not a first-time mom, so I don't think that's it and none of the dreams or voices I've heard belong to my 10-year-old son. Thanks in advance for reading this and any input from any of you. Before I tell you my story, I need to tell you about the town I lived in at the time. This was about 20 years ago, and at the time, there was this whole thing about people disappearing. The strangest thing was that it happened during the day. That and people had started to disappear from their homes as well. I was only 16 at the time and was young, dumb, and a little unaware of what was going on. I was at home one October day waiting for my parents to get back with my sister, a parent-teacher thing, when I heard the door knocking. Now, I wasn't a stupid child. I knew better than to open the door to strangers, so imagine my surprise when I saw that my mother was on the other side of the door. I was about to open the door when she spoke. 
The voice sounded like my mother's but also sounded wrong. I don't know how, but it felt off. That's when the smell hit me. Like rotten eggs mixed with necrotic flesh. I ended up throwing up right there. She said, open the door, dearie. Don't keep me waiting, in a soothing voice, or what was supposed to be soothing. She knocked on the door again, and I stepped back, not entirely sure what was going on. I tried to call out, to speak, but I couldn't form any words. Instead, I found myself wanting to walk over and open the door. Before I could, however, a pair of headlights blinded me through the glass that separated me from the mother imitation that was looking at me. I woke up the next morning with no memory of what happened. I only know now because my parents told me everything. I apparently told them everything before blanking out. They never saw the thing standing out by the front door, just me standing and looking at it. So when I was about 10 and a half, a Wendigo copied my voice. I remember having my friend who lived in the city visit me in late October or early November. She was a girl who loved horses, so I took her out to see my three horses, Avery, Pluto, and Caspian. I was a stupid young girl at the time and didn't think anything of the red flags, but that's besides the point. Me and my friend will call her Jenna, me, and Jenna decided to ride the horses. I knew the horses, so I chose which ones we'd ride, which were Avery and Pluto. I almost put Jenna on Caspian, but I'm glad I didn't because it wouldn't have ended well for her. Caspian would have probably thrown her away for what was about to happen. I rode Avery well. Jenna was on Pluto. I had decided to ride in the cow pasture since my dad bought a new cow for me. Once we got to the cow pasture, I noticed that they were avoiding the area near the swamp. I thought it was odd, but did not think anything of it at the time. I showed Jenna my new cow named Captain. She thought her name was odd, and to be honest, I don't know why I named her that myself. Jenna then noticed a fox near the swamp, so we went to go check it out. As we were riding there, we stopped Jenna. She didn't tell Plutos to stop or anything at all. She turned around and said, he seems tense and I didn't stop him. I didn't really think too much of it. I just told her it was probably the fox or some other animal. She didn't feel comfortable riding him since he might spook, so we yelled for my sister. My sister was in the backyard but didn't hear us. We were too far away. We tied him up on the fence near the cows. Me and Jenna both got my Avery, then rode to the fence line near the swamp where we saw the fox. Avery was tense and all I could think of was how odd it all was since he had never spooked before or been like this. At the time, I had owned him for four years. We once came across a bobcat on a trail and he didn't spook at all, so why was a fox any different? I got off of Avery and led him to the fence. I point out to Jenna the fox tracks and the mud on the other side of the fence. She got off of the horse and we sat and looked at the tracks and talked a bit. After a while, I noticed Avery was extremely scared. Then about 10 seconds later, the sound of death hit our noses. We looked at each other. We heard something big in the swamp. I kept my calm, then Avery almost got out of my grip, but he was well trained, so he didn't go anywhere. I heard my own voice. 
That moment I froze. It was the most horrifying thing to happen to me. The voice or my voice said, help me someone, I've got my foot stuck. I immediately knew what was going on. I looked Jenna in the eyes and told her to get on Avery in a panicked voice. I could hear it getting closer to us and Avery was about to bolt on us. As I pushed Jenna on the horse, I quickly grabbed the horn of the saddle and got on. I was surprised we did that on time. Avery was a big horse, and I managed to get us both on in a matter of seconds. As we got to the gate of the pasture, I got off Avery and on Pluto. We galloped to the backyard where my sister was. She was with the new puppy and asked us what happened. We told her she promised not to tell our parents or they'd freak out. We put the horses away and went inside. I hugged the puppy. His If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. 
real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Name was Dakota, but little did I know he'd be the next thing to cause me to see that Wendigo again. Just a short one. My grandfather was a Native American witch doctor who told me about skinwalkers. As you may expect, he almost never talked about skinwalkers, and he never actually called them by their name, but he taught me everything he knew. I'm a witch doctor now, and I specialize in dealing with skinwalkers. But tonight is different. There are several of them waiting outside for me. Have been for several days. I won't be making it out alive. It would be a miracle if I did, but I'll certainly repost if that happens. I'll wait till daylight when they're at their weakest, and then I'll go on the offensive. Wish me luck. A bit of backstory. This happened when I was 16 and still in high school. In order for me to get home, I had to follow an old country road where the school bus didn't go down. It kind of was a T-junction, or whatever it's called, and was bordered on all three sides by this huge forest. My pa owned a small three-man lumber mill and a corn farm, which was pretty neat. Anyhow, onto the story. I was coming home from school one day, and because it was winter, it got dark late. So I am not afraid of the dark, and I am not afraid of the forest surrounding my home, but put the two together and you can guess how terrifying that could be. Now, you need to know that for the year leading up to the incident, we'd been having a lot of strange issues that had my dad spooked. Several deer had been found dead, gutted and skinned near the farm. He'd grown up on the farm and knew everything about the forest, or so he thought. Bobcats, coyotes, and even Bigfoot wouldn't scare him off, if you know what I mean. But he didn't think it was anything unnatural, just some poachers who would come and go but he was about to be proven wrong. I was halfway home when I got a strange sensation of being followed. So I stopped and looked to my right to see a deer just standing there, looking right at me. If you know anything about deer, then you know how strange this is. I shouted at it, expecting it to run away, as deer often do, but it had other ideas. Instead of fleeing, it simply shouted back at me, in my own voice. I didn't waste another second before running towards home, which I did faster than I had ever run before. I didn't say anything to my parents out of fear they wouldn't believe me. My father in particular was a very down-to-earth sort of man and wouldn't believe anything that he didn't see with his own two eyes. We would have a few more problems after that, but they soon stopped. That was 20 years ago now, and it still haunts me. This happened recently. My father passed away in March of this year and I decided to return home to claim the farm. It's a nice little place just north of New York. My mother passed away some years ago, and I had no other siblings, so I guess the whole place was left to me. For about a week after arriving, I noticed something with the pigs my father used to raise. Some were disappearing, and others were ending up dead. I didn't know why and there was nobody even remotely nearby, or so I thought. One night, 
I was outside on the porch when I heard my dad's voice coming from the cornfield. Come here, son, it beckoned. I was in shock. I knew my dad was dead. I had buried him just two days prior. Come on, son. I want to show you something, the voice said again. I admit, I wanted to find out who was messing with me, but something just didn't feel right. That's when I noticed the deer. For a moment, it looked just like a regular old deer. But then it spoke. My dad's voice says, come on my boy, I was so utterly confused that I just froze as I stared at this deer as it stood up on its hind legs and started to walk towards me. It got about three meters away from me when it suddenly pounced and grabbed my neck, ripping it from me. It didn't even wait for me to die before starting to feast on me. Hi everyone. I had a very strange encounter in my woods today and thought I'd share it and get some opinions. For some background, I live in a small town between Toronto and Ottawa on traditional Anishinaabe lands. I usually walk my dog every day, sometimes multiple times a day, all throughout my woods. I decided to take my dog out for a walk this afternoon and not put my headphones in, I usually do because, as I stated, I walk out there every day. As we were walking, I heard a voice call my name in almost a sing-song voice. Naturally, I stopped and looked around. I called for my dog to come to me, and he stopped where he was and stared at me for a while, eventually coming to me. I did not call out to the voice or acknowledge it. I walked around a little more and still didn't see anything. Just for some context, I live with my parents, and my mom knows I am totally freaked out about skinwalkers. I had a bonfire a few nights ago and she hid and was calling out, trying to freak me out. I figured since she knew I was by myself, she was trying to freak me out and it did sound similar to her voice. As I continued walking and looking, I heard, come over here. As soon as I heard it, I was instantly freaked out because not only did it sound further away than when my name was called, I know that the myth goes that when they sound close, they're far away and vice versa but it also sounded like my own voice saying it. I also heard this call out much more clearly than when my name was called. Anyways, I didn't acknowledge the voice and, making sure my dog was with me, I got the hell out of there. When I got to the house, no one had been outside and no one had called for me. My family has lived on this property for generations, and we live outside of a very small town. I have no neighbors that would be close enough for me to hear them that clearly. I have no idea what was out there this afternoon, but I can tell you for certain that I will never walk out there with my headphones on again. I also feel like it's worth mentioning that my sister has been whistling out there to freak me out, and I know that supposedly attracts them. I did also smoke shortly before walking, but I've been smoking daily for years and I've never suffered from auditory hallucinations or heard any sort of voices while high. I've never posted on here before, but if I have any other experiences I'll be sure to post them. I can honestly say that it was the weirdest experience of my life. I don't have any family and am socially awkward, so every Christmas I stay at a cabin I own just outside Robert Lee, Texas. I usually spend two weeks there every Christmas because I can't stand all the festive bull that's everywhere.
last year was no different. It's important to note that I never had a coyote problem when staying at the cabin, though I was always faintly aware that they were around. But my Labrador usually alerts me if they come too close to the cabin. It doesn't happen often as they tend to keep clear for the most part. Anyway, I was staying at the cabin and had been there for a few days. I'd been having trouble with work and was looking forward to the time away from everything. On the third night at the cabin, Turing started barking to go out. I thought he needed to go to the toilet, so I proceeded to let him out. After a brief few minutes, he came back whimpering, as if something had scared him. If you know my dog, then you know that he isn't the soft kind. He's the sort of dog to try and scrap with the coyotes, so this was unexpected and surprising. Stupidly, I stepped onto the cabin porch to see if there was anything outside. I didn't see anything at first, until I realized there were two glowing eyes staring right at me. I just stood there trying to focus on what it was when it stepped out of the darkness into the light. It looked like a coyote, but it had what looked like rotting skin. Then that smell hit me and I wanted to puke. My body seemed to move back automatically. I backed into the cabin and closed the door and locked it. I ended up closing the blinds on all the windows and turning most of the lights off. I would occasionally glance out the window to find the coyote still there. It remained there throughout the night. The coyote disappeared during the day, and I proceeded to forget about it. The day was normal, with me going into town to pick up a few supplies and otherwise relaxing with a few beers. Other than a few times when I felt I was being watched, it was just a normal day. It wasn't until night came that the big incident happened. It happened late, I'd say around 1 in the morning. I was awoken by a scratching at my window. At first, I was confused. There weren't any trees close enough to scratch my bedroom window, so I immediately thought something was wrong as I got up to investigate. I opened the curtains and proceeded to scream. On the other hand, was none other than the coyote, but this time with a very human smile. I ran out of the room and grabbed my hunting rifle from the gun cabinet. After checking it was loaded, I looked out of the door window to find several coyotes with the same rotting skin as the one from the previous night. I heard the bedroom glass break and ran over to shoot the thing that had come in, but instead found a rock had smashed instead. That didn't make sense. Since when did coyotes start throwing rocks? That's when I heard it. The laughter the coyotes were all laughing at me. The rest of the night went in much the same way. They would throw some rocks, I would fire a few shots, and they would laugh at me. As soon as the morning came, they left, almost as if they weren't here at all. I left as soon as it was clear, and I haven't been back since. I sold the cabin a few months ago and have plans to spend this Christmas with the family of my girlfriend. I don't think I will ever forget that laugh. So, let me lead off with this, I never thought I'd experience something like this in my life. I was raised in a heavily Christian household and truly didn't know a thing about something like this being so far north. That was until it happened to me and I started doing research. So I hope my story can help others like theirs did for me. My boyfriend and I were driving through the backroads of Deerwood, Minnesota, going to visit a friend for a little bit while we were in the area, 
We live about 45 minutes from there. We hung out with them until it started to become dusk and we decided to head out. Our friend asked if we knew the back road home to shave off about 6 minutes. Being unfamiliar with the back roads of where I was, I pulled out Google Maps and got the directions. My boyfriend was driving his car at the time, which he had just hit a deer with a few days before. The dims on the car did not work due to the accident, and he only had his high beams. We turned down this heavily wooded dirt road that was the shortcut road I was told to bring us down. We made it maybe 1.2 to 3 miles down the dirt road when we came up and over the terrain for the high beams of the car to basically spotlight this animal walking on the left side of the road. My boyfriend's car immediately slowed down and I realized what I was looking at. A cougar. I've heard of people rarely seeing them in this area but never expected to come across one. I even said out loud, holy street, a cougar? Little did I know I spoke too soon. Just as the words finished coming out of my mouth, the animal turned around to face us fully and within two steps of walking towards us. This animal changed from a cougar to a large cream-colored dog. Like a spitz but too big to be one. One ear up, one ear down, very different from the round black-edged ears I had just seen, and a very beat-up red collar that wasn't there three seconds before. My first instinct was, oh no, maybe the dog is lost. And this is where I knew my eyes didn't mistake me. A deep primal fear started to erupt in me. Something I had never felt before every fiber of my being was screaming for me to get the hell out of there. The animal continued to approach the car when I noticed. Not once did the blaring high beams reflect off of these creatures' eyes. I've seen all types of wildlife at all times of day and I've never seen a dog like that. Wild or domestic. It also moved very differently. It's like not hurting but uncomfortable in its own skin. Was rather lanky. The best thing my boyfriend and I can explain its eyes to this day is like the lynch from Adventure Time, stupid reference but haven't seen anything else that triggers the memories so badly. The dog walked all the way up to the driver's window and peered into the car, making dead eye contact with me. And without thinking, as if my instincts took over, I blurted out, don't you dare stop this F car. And without questioning or hesitating, my boyfriend kicked the gas pedal down, slinging rocks. The dog kept up with us for a good 10 seconds before giving up. After letting my adrenaline go down for a good 45 seconds, I turned to him and asked, did you see what I saw? And he turned and looked at me, and I could visibly tell he was distraught, saying, yes. What the FK was that? And we reconciled and realized neither of our eyes were playing tricks. We both saw the exact same thing. At this point, my boyfriend has repressed the memory and whenever I bring it up, he has to rack his brain and I watch the emotions come back on his face like the first time we talked about it. Every morning for the next three months, the first thing that came to mind was the cold eyes peering through the car window. It's gotten better since the paranormal activity in my house has ramped up. I had some other weird experiences before that that I won't go into on this thread, UFO experiences, but that is the reason I have handled it better. The unanswered questions are what get me. Why me? Is it the right place, right time? I'd love to hear similar experiences if anyone wants to DM.
This is my first dream slash encounter with it. My girlfriend and I live in the city. I just moved back after living in the Canadian countryside in my hometown for about three or so years. Tonight is my fourth night living in the city again, and I usually don't sleep well at night here, but I actually fell asleep around 9.30-10 p.m. I remember that she and I were getting ready to go to bed in a camp trailer in some park, or maybe my family's privately owned beach, when we heard something loud coming from the woods. I looked out towards it, not being able to see anything except a big, looming, dark shadow. It was carrying a doe, its neck snapped but still alive. It walked to the edge of the trailer and tried to kill the doe by hitting its head off the side window at the other end of the trailer as my girlfriend and I slowly and quietly moved to the other end of the trailer away from it. After it hit the doe off the trailer a couple times, it got fed up and threw the doe on the ground, where it stepped on its head, completely decimating it, to which the girlfriend made a slight noise that got its attention. It walked over to the trailer and put a hole through the top of the trailer, staring straight at me as I stayed between her and it, but it didn't seem to want me. It somehow reached around me or through me and grabbed her. That's when I woke up. The last thing I remember is hearing her scream before I jolted myself awake to find her silently laying beside me in bed. I can't sleep now. Does anyone know what this dream could mean? So, not the typical thing I'd post, but, thanks to a few recent nightmares, I figured it would be good to post here. I used to live in the middle of the woods as a kid. When the sun was up, I'd be out there all day, playing in the stream or riding bikes through trails, even through ice and snow. At night, though, I would never go into the place. The second the sun started going down, I was scrambling back home. When I was about seven or eight, I started to hear tapping at the window. I rationalized that it could be a branch or the house settling, but whenever I went to inspect it, I was overcome with fear, which physically stopped me in my tracks. This continued for a few years until a night when my parents weren't home. Their bed was more comfortable and I had hoped it wouldn't have the tapping, as it was on the second floor and clear of any trees or bushes. But about 2 a.m., I was awoken by what I had affectionately referred to as taps, this continued. Not every night, but multiple times a week. It didn't matter where I was in the house, didn't matter whether I was trying to sleep or was wide awake, I'd start hearing tapping on whichever window was closest to me, and an overwhelming dread when I tried to inspect it. When my long-distance girlfriend came for a visit, we walked through the woods together, but after finding a few relatively fresh deer bones, I asked her to head out. She wanted a picture of the forest as we were leaving. So she took one and we started heading back when she called out to me, saying that she thought there might be something in the picture. I went and took a look, and felt that same feeling of dread as before. This next sentence is going to suck and make this whole thing feel fake, but after studying the picture, I took the phone from her and deleted it before quickly taking her hand and pulling her to the car. At the bottom of the picture, just under a tree that had barely begun to flower, was the creature. It was staring us down, hunched in the shade, with a deer skull that had a bit of meat on it in its hand. Now, I grew up being taught that in both the natural world and the world of spirits, 
it's generally a good idea to not enter the territory of another creature uninvited. And combining the unease during the trip and the picture, I was pretty certain I had just done exactly that. For a while, I tried to put it out of my mind, move on and enjoy my time and treat things as normal, which for a while worked. Then I moved in with said long-distance girlfriend in another state. About two months ago, I dreamt of the creature, and while I was dreaming, she said that she heard the tapping at the window. I should mention we are underground with covered window wells, so there are absolutely no plants that could be causing it. I had two more dreams and heard the tapping occasionally when I was awake late at night. I had another one tonight, and I'm starting to get concerned about it. I have never posted here before, and I'm sorry if the format is bad or anything, but I would greatly appreciate any advice or explanation on this. Yesterday evening, I went for a walk through the woods near where I live. It was quiet, and apart from the odd few teenagers drinking and whatnot, it was quite a chill place to be on a British summer's evening. I am very familiar with these woods. I used to come here a lot as a child, so I know that there are no animals larger than foxes that roam them, so the next part of the story gets really weird. As I was walking through the forest, the sun began to set, it was around 8 p.m., and I began walking out of the forest the same way I came in. It was then I started to hear a very ear-piercing scream, which sounded sort of like a woman screaming in anger. It was so loud I couldn't move for a moment. I looked around and could see nobody. Nothing at all. I know foxes make some strange sounds, but I've heard fox screams and they were nothing like what I heard. Upon hearing this, I started to briskly walk out of the forest, quite shaken by what I heard. As I was walking out, however, I couldn't help but notice an oddity in the tree line that looked very much like a deer. Which is weird because this woodland hasn't had deer living in it for over 200 years, they were all hunted. But then I realized it was not a deer. After seeing it repeatedly as I was walking, lurking in the tree line, appearing to follow me, it looked as if it had human legs and was crouching whenever I saw it, followed by bulky arms. It looked like it did not want me to get a good view of it, as when I would look at it for more than a few moments, it would very quickly dart into the woodland out of view. But I could tell it was there until I reached the end of the forest. Upon getting to the end, I looked back again to see if it was there, but it wasn't. I was seemingly alone again once I left the forest. Could this have been a legitimate Wendigo? Or could I have been hallucinating? I thought that Wendigos were only spotted or lived in America and not in Europe. One day, while driving along the Nullarbor Plains, me and my father, who has now left me, had to pull over to set up camp. I was 11 at the time, I'm now 13. As we were setting up camp, I noticed a single boab tree. This will be useful later. I said to my father, hey dad, don't boabs only grow up north? He had the simple reply of I don't know. Later on in the night, I needed a crap, so I reached into the fore, which was right next to the tent, and grabbed a roll of toilet paper and a torch. With these, I went to do my business behind the baby boab tree. As I was walking to go there, I heard the faint voice of a woman and she said in a weird tone, 
help me. It sounded like it was from my right, about 15 to 20 meters away, so instinctively I pointed my torch in that direction. And what I saw will always haunt me. There was a big kangaroo standing there with its eyes empty and black and the flesh rotting off its bone. Half of its face was exposed and it had no tail, which was the turning point for me to write this story here. Anyways, I got the hell out of there, yelling as loud as I could to scare it away and wake my dad up. However, by that time, there was nothing there. We packed up because of the distress I was in and left immediately. I was shaken beyond comprehension, and to this day, my dad does not believe what I saw. Another thing to add quickly is that every time I am on a car trip with my mother, it changed to my mother because my dad left me, and we are in the outback, I always hear that same help me and every now and then I see the kangaroo.